Never, ever, oh. ever. Now or never. Mm. Good dancing. Yeah. It got weird. Shortest episode ever. Goodbye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and the soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how we doing? I am overjoyed. It is episode 30. So similar to the last podcast on the left, we'll actually be sending out our episodes to other people so they can listen to them, right? After this one? Yeah. I love it. Happy 30th birthday, so to speak. Right? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Even our our podcast is getting old. Oh, no. Everything (laughs) is old. (laughs) Yep. Before we dive into things real quick, shout out to Ian Scarlato, the producer of our lovely, lovely podcast. Thank you for all that you do, Ian. Thank you to Jen for helping us run our social media account. Whew. A lot has happened in the past week since we were in your earbuds last. Before we dive into the soccer news, big update coming from the MLS. Let's take a moment to recap NFL Week 14, which took place yesterday, Sunday, December 12th. The Chiefs uh, making another bid for the fact that they are back by mm-hmm. destroying the Raiders 48 to nine. The Raiders look like they have nothing left in the tank. They look pretty defeated yeah. and <laughs> had a rough year and just no, nah, there's nothing left in that car, so to speak. Mm-mm. Browns squeak one past the Ravens 24 to 22. That's a close game. Division rivals is a big story. Bigger story. Coming out is Lamar Jackson injured his ankle. However, it's not a high ankle sprain, which if you have one of those, that is a six to eight week kind of really unfortunate. When is he coming back? Uh, It's a plague injury. However, apparently he's on track to play next week already. Okay. According to Harbaugh. So that'd be good. I mean, he's such a mobile quarterback. He uses his ankles a lot. Also, the Browns really tried to give that game away. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They sure did. And not to mention, yes, Lamar is a mobile quarterback. The Ravens offense also runs through him. (laughs) If he's out, they don't really have an offense. So good for them. Hope he's okay. Yes. Fun to watch. There were two overtime games yesterday. 49ers and the Bengals. I was rooting for the Bengals here. I wanted them to pull into first place in the AFC North. Mm -hmm. They could not do it. Lost 26 to 23. Great game. And the Buccaneers and the Bills. I think most people were rooting for the Bills here. And Tom Brady did what he does in overtime, which is march down the field, score a touchdown, game over. 33 to 27, Buccaneers get the win. He makes it look so easy. It's crazy how so good he easy. is. Still, still. Yeah. Bunch and I don't. Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, do I'm honestly, 
I'm for it. It, That's, <laughs> it is recorded on this podcast. I predicted that like two to three weeks ago. <laughs> Do I think it's actually going to happen? Probably not, but I would love it. Well, Let's is it most it. likely going to be Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the NFC conference final? Oh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the Packers go down to whoever they play first. Oh, that's, okay. That's the vibe I'm getting from this team is they, I don't know. They don't seem as solid as previous years to me. I don't know, man. I think they're pretty good, but I also hate them. So <laughs> please lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, uh, last night, Aaron Rodgers proved once again that he does indeed own the Bears. Bears. With a 45 to 30 Sunday night football victory. Mm. Yes. Um, (laughs) I kind of wish that they would stop putting the Packers Bears games as primetime games. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not, not forever, but like the fact that they build this up every year and it usually, sorry, Bears fans ends up with Aaron Rodgers just destroying them. It's like, Oh, couldn't we have found a better game? Yes, you could have. There were two overtime games that I would have loved to stay up late for. However, I thought the Bears put up more of a fight than I thought they were going to. 30 points. Uh, that that score is not as indicative as it could wild. be. Of. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Packers really did march over them for most of that time. But got some look at Justin Fields. Um, did you guys... I thought he had some really good plays and some rookie plays, which is what he's meant to do. How closely have you been watching him this year? I'm going to say not super close. I've been kind of out on the bears. If I'm being completely honest, a lot of people Mm -hmm. are like, Oh, aren't you excited to watch the futures? Like um, I've done this so many times. I've wasted so much time (laughs) until they like change management. I'm not really Uh, interested in the bears at this point. So, and in fact, ownership is starting to become like something that goes on the table for me. So uh, mm. from what I've seen from him, yes, he's definitely a rookie. I think he needs to get a new coach in there, um, start that fresh, <laughs> like I said, and then that's going to take another two years. And he has he's shown really awesome moments, but there's no consistency yet. Valid. He's a he's definitely a insane athlete, and we always yes. knew that. Uh, which. He had a couple throws last night that I went, oh, that's going to be really annoying to play against <laughs> if he can do that on a consistent I mean, basis. Well, that's the little point, though, is that, like, yeah, he doesn't do it on a consistent basis. Right. And, like, you know, the one name that comes up for me yesterday is Jakeem Grant. Like, that was the Jakeem Grant yeah. game where he scores yeah, two really touchdowns was. Mm-hmm. and then... really was. Like, did anything else good happen? No, not really. You know? No. But it, and, then, and, and then what was the other, the other wide receiver? Bird? Like... Yeah, he had yeah. a huge like touchdown too. Like it's not like yep. Fields is marching him down the field. No, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was the receivers that were doing the mo- most of the work. Um, which I think mm-hmm. at this point you kind of have to with a rookie right. quarterback and the coaching staff they have. It's just not going to work the other way. Um, sure. So I thought you you could see that raw athleticism on display, and he just doesn't have the he does not have the pocket awareness that, you know, veteran quarterbacks do because he's not a veteran quarterback. But like so many Mm -hmm. times 
me, just because I want the Packers to lose, I was rooting for him last night, was like, no, you got to move or you got to throw it. You got to <laughs> do one of those things now. Otherwise, and then, you know, the strip sacks come into play and that's never fun, but it's, it's a rookie quarterback. That's what you get. So, and tonight we're rounding things off week 14 with the Cardinals versus the Rams, two Ooh. high-powered offenses going at it. Cardinals have been more consistent than the Rams this mm-hmm. year, though. So I, I think the Cardinals it won't be yep. an easy victory, but I think they're going to take this one. Yep. But also because football, shouldn't the Rams just win for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. I don't know, man. Uh, it's Kingsbury versus McVeigh. Versus indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to soccer. The Red Stars. Any news coming out of that camp? It's off season, a little bit of a dead period. We've got a couple beats here, though. Yeah, not too much. Zoe Goralski retires. She's been on the team since 2018. Wish her all the best. And then the Red Stars put out a little press release about the committee they've put together to find their new coach. And the committee includes current Red Star players, former Red Star players, current assistant coaches, sports psychologist, club's chief business officer, and then members of the club ownership. It seems to cover the whole base that you need, and I think it's a good plan. Indeed. And good luck to them on their search. Mm-hmm. Hope they find a good coach who's also not a slime ball. Yep. Can't agree. In a similar vein, Fire. Chicago, Chicago, fire. Not a ton of news coming out of there. Brady, what do you have? Aliceda. Nacho Aliceda is out. He is transferred oh, to boy. FC Lugano. It's mm-hmm. uh, one of the first iterations we've seen of the relationship between FC Lugano and the fire. I think it's going to be better for Aliceda just to run around in <sighs> Europe and be fast and be skilled and maybe gain some confidence out there. Uh, I, it's a money move for the fire, which is good. Uh, Dave, do you have any more thoughts? Makes me feel really, really strange about the John Duran like um, okay. movement then, because if that was our previous assessment of a young talent, then maybe I should not be excited about this. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's uh, where I'm at right now. But, but that was like, you know, that's like a quick take, hot take for sure. You know? <laughs> okay. Sure. I, I couldn't tell you any different. I have no idea. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's all I could say. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's another DP off the books, uh, which means that we've got two slots available in this offseason, which will be interesting to see who we fill those with. Hmm. Uh, to oh, that end. <laughs> Please, <Dave. laughs> two people. Very good. Okay. One a center back. Right? Okay. Um, Jimenez. That would be cool is in through 2023. Uh, So that is our DP contract that we have still on the books. I really like him. He got Mm -hmm. injured last season and I think it really slowed him down. Hopefully he's got a season under his legs in MLS play, which is very different than any other league around the world. Um, Hopefully, you know, he just gets more comfortable and is that box to box midfielder that we saw at times last, last season. Very good. Now, for the big news in the MLS, 
we turn to our game of the week, which we chose as the MLS Cup. Obviously, happens once a year. <laughs> that was Portland versus NYCFC. And that took place Saturday, December 11th. It was a chilly and gusty night. Oh, yeah. In December Portland. soccer. Hooey. And what a night for a match. Ended up in a tie. One-to-one, Portland, NYCFC, which means they're playing some of that extra extra time Mm -hmm. at the end of that. Still one-to-one. We're going on to pens, and NYCFC comes away with the victory on pens. Four-to-two. Congratulations. Your 2021 champions. It was impressive. Very. It was chilly, gusty, and rainy. Like all all the things you want to play soccer in. Uh, I'm sure it was a blast, though. Um, just going to jump right into some of the tactics. Play the same exact formation, four two three one, with a similar style midfield. Two number tens actually playing the number ten position. You love to see it. Uh, and then uh, a destroyer and a box to box midfielder in there. So uh, pretty similar shape of playing with a different ethos behind it. Uh, just as an example, so the first 15 minutes, very cup final-esque, just two teams feeling each other out, uh, not too many risks, other cliches, but really both teams wanted to play from the back. New York City was far more comfortable at doing so. Portland just kind of kept sending the ball into New York City traps, and it created some of New York's best opportunities, especially in the first 15 minutes. Uh, So Portland then started for the rest of the game just to be more comfortable sending it up the field. Uh, Moving into the next 15 minutes section, uh, New York City started to really dominate the ball and Portland started to fall back into a shell. And we just kind of see the rest of the pattern of the game, really. Um, And then New York started using this La Salida La Volpiana. Do you guys remember what that was? Vaguely. Vaguely. Well, let me me remind you. Uh, Basically... When Portland defend in a 4-4-2, they left Blanco out there and they uh, had uh, Mora out there. James Sands would drop between his center backs. Center backs would go wide uh, on the field. The wing backs push up the field. And now New York is playing in essentially a 3-1-5-1. And James Sands, a very capable ball player, uh, is has the ball in between his center backs. Lots of options. And then you have three defenders against two Portland attackers. You're not really going to get out pressured there. And from there, you can create. Uh, continuing with my little summary here, in the 24th minute, Mabiala just whams Castellanos uh, during an air ball. It was, uh, I love to see it. I would hate to defend Castellanos for a whole game because he was all over the place. Anytime you touch him, he's flying all over. And then also he might just meg you for no reason. And it was pretty fun to watch. Uh, in this case, Mabiala got, got him right in the shoulder and the ref was like, oh, it's no foul. And he's like, yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> um, to keep going here. So New York has been pretty dominant up to this point, but you got to score when you're dominating. Otherwise, things like this can happen in the 26th minute. Mabiala just sends it up the field to the New York City center backs. They don't really deal with the ball that well. It ends up on Portland's best players, feet, Blanco, and Mora gets a shot off. Like the, It just happens so fast, even if they don't have the ball a ton. Um, so it could happen at any point for Portland, even though 
New York are really dominating. In the 31st minute, there was a moment where uh, Maxi Morales almost got himself a goal or almost hit Tati Castellanos diving in. And it was just in between either one. Um, And then in the 36th minute, uh, we had Portland just falling way back into their own half. And I, the point I wanted to make there was in cup games, little tiny chances can seem like big, big deals. So you start to take less and less risks and you know, it, you just, your mindset gets affected. Okay. Uh, and then this will take us to one of the most critical points of the first half 40th minute gray on NYFC, the right back, um, wins a 50, 50, then just takes an aggressive turn. He just had a moment where he was like, this is my ball. I'm going for it. And Bravo fouls him. Uh, game of inches, very close to not being a foul. He didn't seem to argue too much, but it leads us to the big moment. Yes. Set piece opportunity for NYC FC, both Morales and Castellanos make the most of it in the 41st minute. Fantastic inward bending shot from Morales, who finds Castellanos at the far post. No defender on him. Heads it in. NYC is up one to zero. Yeah, no, no one defending the striker of the other team. <laughs> Not great. Uh, so Bravo was the one who, in this case, not a bow. Uh, he he fouled <laughs> the player to create the set-piece chance, and then he's the one that kind of lets Tati run to the far post and leap like a salmon and win the header. Good. Also, yeah. definitely should have been saved. Ooh. I guess uh, the announcers were saying that uh, Keeper has the spills kind of throughout the season, so it's kind of sad. Not huh. good. As far as the goalkeeper union is concerned, that's a pretty tough save. Down to your left, mm-hmm. and you got to get down quick. But I get you, Dave. Just kind of rolled <laughs> in there, though, didn't it? <laughs> it did but a little bit. Dribbled in there. Yep, <laughs> dribble, dribble. But doesn't matter. They all count the same. One yeah. nothing, New York City. And then almost immediately, Gray gives the ball away in a terrible, terrible spot right to Blanco, who fires just wide. Herman might have had uh, some flashbacks there because we've seen those go in before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We definitely have. <laughs> <sighs> so, at the end of this first half, NYC is really dominating things. Coming out in the second half, are they able to maintain that through uh, halftime, Brady? Oh, yeah. They were very dominant <laughs> to start the half. It was a little bit depressing for me as a quasi I was supporting Portland, even though I knew mm-hmm. New York would win based mm-hmm. on my uh, prediction, you know, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Portland had decided, you know what, we're going to, we're going to shell up in this second half and we're going to pick our spots when we can take control of this game. And it causes problems almost immediately. 50th minute, Maxi Morales with a free kick balls dipping and just smacks the bar. Um, Clark wasn't close to it for me. Didn't think he was going to make the save. Somehow a corner kick is called. I don't know. I'm not the ref. Um, but even that corner kick after that was dangerous. So New York on top early, um, almost get another goal. We have some examples in the 57th and 58th minute where any time that Portland then tried to counterattack, it left themselves very vulnerable to New York City's counterattack. So 57th minute, we had a shot by Rodriguez after a really quick passing move by New York. It was very pretty. And then in 58th, it was a Medina shot. Um, and it's just, 
a perfect pass from Maxi Morales. He's good at that kind of thing. And Portland don't really seem to have a way or an answer to create an opportunity right now. Uh, 59th minute. I thought we we're going to see way more of these. This was Van Rankin just clearing out a New York City player, just sliding in. I'm surprised there weren't more challenges like this because one, slide tackles are so fun in the rain and the cold like this. Uh, but also, it's a cup final and Portland were not getting on the ball. I'm surprised they weren't sliding all over the place trying to get the ball back. Uh, but this one was a yellow card for sure. No arguments for me. <laughs> and then here is where the game kind of starts to change. Portland realized, oh, okay, we're getting outrun here. We're going to make some like-for-like subs, uh, all about energy and just intent. Okay, now we can't be sitting back anymore. We got to be going forward. Uh, and it does work. In the 68th minute, Yimichara gets a back heel just to open up space for Bravo, who was overlapping. And it ends up, the cross ends up on Van Rankin's foot, who might have scored. So it's just a one nothing game right now. And even though New York was so dominant, it it can happen so fast in a cup game. So mm-hmm. dude, game is not over by any means. 69th minute, Mabiala clears out Rodriguez. And he doesn't get a yellow card. He doesn't even get a foul called here. And it was most certainly a foul. Uh, but I love it. I don't know how Mabiala doesn't end this game with a yellow card. He was all over the place and he was just shoving people. <laughs> I can talk about uh, Maxime Cheneau with some great emergency defending in the 75th minute. Uh, Portland just kind of create chaos and are trying to counter quickly. And Cheneau leaves the striker at just the right moment to come block Yimmy Chara's shot. If you are a defender listening at home, check out that highlight in the 75th minute. It's a really good defensive play. Really, the pattern of the game has now flipped. New York is starting to fall back into their own half. And Portland are just kind of being chaotic, buzzing around. They've got the energy from the subs. And it's been really good for them, except no goals yet. So 84th minute, Nishkoda comes in for Espria. That's a striker on for a winger. So now we're changing the formation. Now we're starting to see, like, we got to get the ball in the box and just try to put something in. Uh, Mabiala, the center back, was also staying high up the field. So now Portland are playing with three strikers. And it's just what you have to do in a cup game when you're down by a goal with time running away from you. Uh, Mora's getting his head on a couple crosses at this point, And you just feel like for Portland, it's not Mora's day. It's not Portland's day. You know, there's no way that they're getting back in this for one final throw of the dice. Valeri comes in for Van Rankin in the 89th minute. You could see the urgency from the sideline, like get Valeri in there. Go, 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 go. And, uh, just that's Diego Valeri. If you don't know, is a legend in the Portland, uh, timber side. A similar legend is Diego Chara, who did play this entire game, is sort of old for soccer standards, and he is just chasing people down on the New York team. Like, he's just (laughs) running around, just destroying stuff. He played the number 10 at some point in this game while also playing a number six. That's not possible, except if you're Diego Chara. (laughs) Pretty crazy. And then now we're all the way to the 90th to the 93rd minute. NYC is killing clock. It seems like all hope is lost for Portland. (laughs) Then a long ball misplayed by Cheneau. He'd been so good all game, but he misplays this one. Portland corner kick. Clark had come up from his own goal. Keeps the ball in the New York half. It brings us to Herman. Take it away. At the very last second, we have a Portland 
goal. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. To tie the game, force it into extra time. The Timbers are fighting for their lives in the dying seconds of the game, fighting for second balls. Ball is in the box, shot up into the air by Yimmy Chara. Mabiala soars and wins the header to Nizgoda. Shot from Nizgoda is blocked by NYCFC. But Mora's rebound shot finds the back of the net. Stadium explodes. It was crazy. It felt like that ball was in the air forever. And Mabiala's like sideways winning a header. Uh, Dave, did you think that Mabiala's challenge was fair? I did. I thought if you could jump that high and get your body to it, I think it doesn't really matter if you happen to be dinging somebody. So it's whatever. I mean, agreed. He won the ball. (laughs) And in the final seconds, you're not going to get that foul. Uh, chainsaw time for Portland tie game. Bringing it down. Timber. Whew. Fans are back into it. Portland, one last gasp of air before we dive back down to OT. Another 30 minutes of soccer. Rampant. Running around. Crazy. No goals are scored. Opportunities. Close opportunities for both teams were had, though. Yeah. Both goalkeepers are forced into really nice saves. Honestly, both goalkeepers were great in this game, uh, except for maybe Steve Clark in that one little moment, but uh, really, it's, it was great. Um, however, both teams looked like they were on their last legs. Like, I, mm-hmm. let's not concede. It, I don't really have anything left, coach. <laughs> no. So that brings us to penalty kicks. The fifth time in MLS Cup history that the Cup, the championship, has gone down to penalty kicks. Right away, Sean Johnson, goalkeeper for NYCFC, is going to come up with a save and immediately stands up and stares down the Mm -hmm. Portland team. He's focused. He's ready for it. Says, bring it on. Yeah, he was ready for sure. Then Steve Clark, who on his first go let in a goal, says... I can do that. And he stops the next shot from the Timbers. So we really, what we have here is a battle of goalkeepers. Sean Johnson says, fine, I'll do it again. Makes a statement. Stop with that second shot in a row. NYCFC is pumped up. Players are ready to go. Comes down to Alexander Callens. He hits the final shot for NYC at the top of the net. To give them the victory, game over. Winning penalties, four to two. Congratulations, NYC, on their first ever major trophy. Yeah, it was well-deserved in the end. I thought they were the better team. They wanted the ball more, and they wanted to keep the ball more than Portland did, which is really brave when the rain's coming down it's cold, but they were. I thought they played better. Yeah, Callens, no chance. Like he, He's just smoking that thing, and good luck. Any goalkeeper that's standing in the way, um, yeah, no composure needed. Just smash it, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed by Sean Johnson and the penalties. Yeah. What yeah, you notice? Yeah, he is Ooh. our guy. Yeah. Um, if you notice now, because of the penalty rules and because they're watching it so close, you can't get in front of that, uh, back line until the ball has been kicked. So he would stand like two feet back in his own goal so that he could move forward at that last second, make sure his momentum's going forward, and then any shot he can parry away. And 
really impressive reading of shots, and he was quick, decisive, made some great saves. And just like that, another season of the MLS is in the books. Again, congratulations to NYCFC for their championship victory. And let's all hope and root for a more successful fire campaign next year. Yep. Agreed. Moving over to the EPL. Dave, Liverpool, you're up first. What yeah. went down this past week? Well, Liverpool, welcome back. Uh, Steven Gerrard uh, for his managerial return to Liverpool mm. at mm-hmm. Anfield. Um, they won 1-0 on a penalty, which is kind of, you know, just shows you that uh, Stevie knows what he's doing. Future Liverpool coach Steven Gerrard. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, I also just wanted to point out, not only did we win by a pen, but so did Chelsea city and United. So oh. it, it was kind of, yep. a, I would almost say really lame weekend. <laughs> in the prime. <laughs> you, you, you'd think that there'd be a lot of goals scored, but, um, and there were, but both city and United won one nil, just like Liverpool, um, the Chelsea leads game, which Herman's going to talk about a little bit more later was a little more entertaining, but mm-hmm. It's just uh, not what you'd want. So no. I just also wanted to point this out too. Um, top three now has an eight-point gap on fourth, which is West Ham at this moment. So it's kind of shaping up to a three-horse race at this point. So mm-hmm. Chelsea and uh, City and Liverpool. Uh, also, the Champions League draw was today, and Liverpool have drawn Inter, which is going to be a little bit of a of a test. Um, but I think they'll come through. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, did you hear about the Champions League nonsense? I did. So my understanding was that United wasn't put in the proper bucket and therefore they had to cancel the first like draw. Yeah. So just to make it fair. And then I can't remember, I didn't really look up the first draw because I was working during that Mm -hmm. chaos but I'm assuming Liverpool had an easier opponent and that's why everybody's so angry like like now. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Just uh, that's basically what I I read as well. It just was some, whoever provided the buckets Mm -hmm. to UEFA did it incorrectly or there was some glitch or something like that. I was going to say it must've been stuck somewhere, right? (laughs) It's probably there. It was too frozen. It was too yeah. frozen to the side, taking it back to the NBA draft nonsense. Mm-hmm. The rumors, whatever. Maybe people don't know what I'm talking about. That's a pretty old story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What you're anyway, I'll take it away with Tottenham news then. <laughs> yes. After that, lame fish of a joke. Uh, COVID, speaking of running rampant, is going through the roster of the Hotspurs. Could not field a team for our game last Thursday against Wren. Uh, per the UEFA rules, they would have to get that game in per, before 2022. And Spurs are probably going to end up forfeiting this one. There's just no room in the schedule to fit another game. It's festive fixture time. Premier League scheduling is nuts right now. Um, and it's probably for the best, honestly, with Spurs. Uh, playing in a fake tournament that no one cares about. Uh, sorry. Um, and uh, it's good when you say it out loud, Brady. <laughs> it's also a little bit of uh, hindsight, huh? <laughs> We're not in it. So it doesn't count. 
Um, yes. Yeah, but it's probably for the best just with so many games going on right now. We had to cancel, uh, well, postpone, sorry, the game against Brighton um, this past weekend, and fixtures are going to keep piling up. We're supposed to play Leicester on Thursday uh, or today if you are a release day listener. Uh, that's going to be tough. And then Liverpool on the weekend. Woo! Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. In for a treat. Okay. I hope that the team is feeling better. Hope they yeah. all make a full recovery. Agreed. Sure they will. But boy, that is, yeah, that's a tough schedule y'all got coming up. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, in other news, tied Zenit in the Champions League. Uh, this past Wednesday, the 8th, 3-3. Three to three. This is a meh. We didn't need to win that game to move on to the next round of the Champions League. Um, so not a huge deal. Beat Leeds 3-2 to two on Saturday, the 11th. Uh, would like to have won this game by more than a penalty. As Dave mentioned earlier, Leeds is kind of a wild card, uh, but they're not playing particularly yeah. well this year. So would have liked to see a more dominant win. Hmm. However... Still a victory. Top yeah, three on the three table. Points. Yep, exactly. Uh, in other news, Edouard Mendy has been named the Senegalese Player of the Year. Ooh. So congratulations to him. And That's he funny. is having a very good year this year. He's kept yeah. a couple games uh, much closer than they should have been, honestly, or kept Chelsea in the running while their offense got back on track. So Quartal he's had a fantastic year. <laughs> <laughs> And Chelsea drew Lille in the Champions Ooh. League. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting Dick. match. It's coming down. <laughs> Pulisic versus Wea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. Uh huh. Be fun. I was just going to give a quick rundown of the Champions League draws outside of Liverpool and Chelsea. Do yeah, please do. PSG versus Real Madrid. Ooh. I think that's going to be on paper really exciting. Sergio um, Ramos. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Versus the ghost of Kareem Benzema. Although he's not really a ghost still. He's no, he's still quite good. He's doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. It'd be fun if PSG ended up getting knocked out by them. But we'll see. Uh, Sporting versus City. I think we all know who's going to win that. Yeah. Same with RB Salzburg versus uh, Iron. Oh, yeah, even Villa, uh, Villarreal versus Juventus. I don't know. Some of these are just kind of lame. Atletico versus Man U. I think that'll be exciting. And yeah, then Benfica be versus Ajax. Ooh, Although I will fun. say Ajax looked really good uh, in their group. I think they also uh, won every single game. Ajax so, should beat Benfica yeah, pretty solidly. Yeah. All right. Looking ahead to not next week, but the week after. We are not having a release next week. I know, very sad, but we've got a lot of things on the calendar for the holidays coming up. Our next release will be on the 30th of December. So looking ahead to the week of the 27th for our game of the week, we have chosen the entirety of Boxing Day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No <laughs> particular game. We're just going to enjoy the massive amount of games being played on Boxing Day, as is tradition for the English Premier League. Yes. This is one of my favorite traditions that I've had for a long time now. I force my family to watch all of the soccer games the day <laughs> after Christmas. 
Um, and it's it's just every team in the Premier League tries to get a game in that day, and it's a great time. Absolutely. Fun little twist this year. Boxing Day is on Sunday, which means NFL football will also be happening. Boxing oh, day. my goodness. Yes. You need to buy another TV. So many sports. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it. So to close things out, let's talk Christmas traditions. Sure. Because we will not be talking to you again until after Christmas. So favorite Christmas or holiday traditions that you're looking forward to this year? This one's not necessarily a tradition of ours, but it was, there's a one Christmas I have a very specific memory of was my family had come to my house. Uh, I don't know, probably 20 years ago now at this point, but we had a pretty nice hill right <laughs> next to the house. It was brand new. The, the house was so we had a like construction fence just outside of our yard down this hill. It snowed a ton. So after this fence was a nice little gap. And so my family, my father, my crazy uncles, my brother and I, all of us started sledding over this giant gap, which became a huge jump. It was like a two, oh, three yes. foot jump. Just you're oh, flying through the air. Nice. Uh, such a great time. And yeah, so like these 40, 50, 60 year old men, however old they were at this point, like <laughs> just <laughs> crashing down the hill and Sounds enjoying pain. themselves. Oh, they loved it. <laughs> I mean, after the fact, you yeah. know, there was a lot of yeah. creaks and groans, but in the oh, moment, sure. such a great time. Good. I love that. I love when adults uh, become children again, too. Mm -hmm. And sledding is one of the few things that does that to people. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Good. How about you, Dave? Got a couple. Um, I usually go to this tropical theme bar that does a like a Christmas in the tropics type vibe. That's great. That's we so do that kind great. of early. So, my fiance and I do that. Cool. Um, and then I also do the German uh, Chris Kindle market downtown. Oh, usually yeah, that's once, right. And I do that with my family. Good then we shout. just kind of do the traditional, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas kind of back and forth stuff. So cool. Nice. Yeah. Herman, what about you? Well, last year I did not get to go home for the holidays due mm. to the pandemic. So this year I'm really looking forward to going home and get those traditional Christmas meals that my family cooks. Yes. And gotcha. cooking and food are a big part of my family and all of our holidays. So Christmas Eve for dinner, we do Swedish meatballs, mashed potatoes, mm. peas, lefsa. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. Nice. And then Christmas Day, traditionally, we used to do prime rib, cheesy potatoes, cream pearled onions. And at the end of those two meals, you're just... You're just a lump. That's all you can do is sit on the couch and watch sports, which will work very well this year. Um, however, in more recent years, we've done something a little more healthy like seafood um, pasta for Christmas Day. And I forgot really the best part is we always do jumbo shrimp for appetizers on Christmas Eve. Heck yeah. It is yeah, very good. And then my dad and I will find our way into his liquor cabinet to try out his latest, latest array of scotches. One of my favorite oxymorons, jumbo shrimp. You're correct. <laughs> so, as a reminder, we will not be posting next week. 
but want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays for whatever holiday you have coming up that you wish to celebrate, feel free to shoot us an email, as always, at windycitywingers.info at gmail.com with any feedback, comments, questions, ideas. Brady, where can people look for you if they want some live tweeting action on Boxing Day? Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, at stat underscore bro is my Twitter handle. And yeah, that let me, I think that will happen. I'll think uh, I'll send out some crazy texts all throughout the day, all throughout the day of soccer. My Instagram is at bradthebard13. Lovely. And Dave, if our fans want to reach out to you directly, where can they do such a thing? You can find me at WCW Dave on both Twitter and Instagram. We got the early game on Boxing Day, or I should say one of the two Ooh. first leads. It's going to be a firecracker, probably Ooh. nine goals again. You know, Yeah. Good love, it. love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you both. Thank you to all our lovely listeners. Again, happy holidays to you all. We will talk to you again December 30th. Bye. Bye.